Welcome to Four Points Online. We are honored that you are joining us today. If God is using this ministry to change your life, please let us know at fourpoints.org forward slash my story. It's because of your generosity that we are able to expand the kingdom. If you would like to give and be a part of what God is doing, then visit fourpoints.org and select the safe and secure option, or you can download our app and choose to give there as well. We are so excited to hear a powerful message from God's Word today. So, the title of the sermon series is You Asked For It, just as a to understand what this is about at Easter, we gave everybody a piece of paper and asked you to fill out a survey. And this is the number one question. This is what you guys asked for in that cool. Just can I say this? Thank you, Jesus. Favor is good. I need y'all to know something. I'm just going to brag on the Lord. This is a $7,000 piece of equipment. Let me repeat that because that's a lot. $7,000. Let me tell you what four points paid. Cero. That's Spanish for zero, everybody. Praise the Lord. Huh? Come on. Is that all that we can get? Come on. God is good. God is good. I'm just really thankful. I'm really thankful how the Lord blesses. And that might not mean anything to you, but I'm just telling you, this is like, whew, I'm pretty happy today. So thank you, Jesus. And so the question that we're all going to ask today is, how do we deal with this junk in our lives? Right? Because maybe you're the person in the room that doesn't have any stress. <laughs> Praise the Lord for you, I guess. That's awesome that you get to live in your mama's basement and you get to play video games all day. And to me, that would be stressful even if that was my job, somebody. Do you know what I'm talking about? Like, eventually I'll be like, ah, my goodness, the walls are closing. It, because, like, it's just, ah. And then we get so anxious about things and, and it's difficult. And so I just want to know, when you think about the stress relief in your life, like when, you, when, when it comes to stress relief or when it comes to finding peace, what comes to your mind? How do you find peace? So I threw up some pictures that maybe this can help us understand what peace. I didn't throw them up. They're throwing them up. But, like, but, but we put some pictures up. So just show me your hands. How many of y'all find peace by this picture right here by a spa? How many of y'all wish y'all were in a spa sometime coming up? Only like six, 10, 15, something. I don't even understand the rocks. Can I just say this? I don't, I don't even understand what this is about. But they put these weird rocks on you. I'm not real comfortable in a spa. I just got to put all my cards on the table. I need Leah right beside me because it weirds me out a little bit. I'm just going to be honest with you. But all this, and then the candles. Ooh, that's something like everybody's, whatever. I know people, like Leah buys the stress relieving candles, Right? I light them up and I still feel stress. I'm just letting y'all know. So we're just putting it all out. But I need y'all to know that there's something important about smell because we associate things with smell. I need y'all to keep this in mind as we continue with this message. You were called the fragrance of Jesus. People associate us with what we put off and that's important. And it's going to be really important at the end of the message some of y'all, this is supposed to be a picture of like outside. Hopefully this isn't inside your house, everybody. Do you know what I'm talking about? But like the first time you do the campfire, and it's not today, if you know what I mean, because it's 174 degrees outside right now. But, but like it gets a little bit crisp at night, and it might hit about 60, and we sit outside and we just chill. I love this. This does. Uh, it, this is a place that I find some. Whew. And then some of y'all, it's a book or a cup of coffee 
or some music, or maybe a book, a cup of coffee. I did that backwards. A book, a cup of coffee, and music all at the same time. You know what I'm talking about? Like, maybe it's all of it in one. That's not it for me. Continue. Maybe it's outside, right? How many hunters do we have in the room? How many people like to go kill things? I saw a couple ladies do like this. They can't know. They can't know, right? I like to be outside. I don't necessarily shoot Bambi, but, but I'm not against it. It's all good. I like to go with you if you want to shoot Bambi. That's fine, whatever. But some of y'all are like, Bambi, that's so mean. I can't believe he said that. But, but I like to play golf. And I found that that's not really stress relieving because this is where my ball ends up, everybody. I shall mosey. But I do love to be outside. And then this is the last one. I'm just going to speak this into existence, okay? This is what I'm going to have someday in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. But I'd probably choose something different than the Wizard of Oz. Because that is awful. I love you, though. Your favorite movie of all time. I put like a football game up. Come on. Nobody? Nobody's going to talk? But it wouldn't be the Gamecocks. Because that is not stress relieving. No clarity. That's too much audience participation, Scott. Too much. Especially last night in the first half. Jesus' name, I was praying that the lightning would just continue, everybody. But we find, we find relief and joy and satisfaction in places like these, and we hope that they can fill a void in our lives. But this is what y'all need to know. The word marimna in the Greek is the word for worry or anxious. And so when you see, be anxious for nothing. When you see worry, when you see these words, it's what... It comes from this word, but it actually best translates to be separated from the whole. That's so important, y'all. To be separated from the whole, to be severed from your purpose. And that's where many of us find ourselves today. We walk in here and we feel a great deal of anxiety and we feel separated from the whole. We feel separated from being whole as we walk in here today. And I need y'all to know that worry, listen, worry is a down payment on things that may never take place. Did you know, I read this this week, y'all. It's estimated that eight, listen to this, 8% of things that we worry about actually take place. That's eight out of 100, everybody. I'm going to do some good math for y'all. Eight out of 100 things that I spend time stressing over. No matter your age, no matter if it's school, or no matter if you're retired, this does not matter. This is things that we, that we get anxious about over and over. Eight out of, listen, a conservative number, the most conservative number I could find is 20%. So let's, let's just argue that it's 20 out of 80 things, or excuse me, 20 out of 100 things and 80 never take place. We put a down payment on things, and we let these things sit in our minds constantly about things that may never take place. And then we begin to be separated from being made whole in the Lord. And the problem is, y'all, that we have to start taking what we're worried about and shifting it and putting the blame somewhere else. Because we constantly blame everybody else, everybody else, everybody else. And then we get this victim mentality and say, I'm the only one dealing with this. And here's what Paul said in, the, in Philippians chapter 4. He said, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. And the word rejoice means repeat joy. Repeat, Joey, like, Pastor, bro, if you knew what I was going through today, you wouldn't ask me to rejoice. But here's what I can tell you. Regardless of the marimna, the worry, the anxiety, the stress in your life, I've never been shipwrecked, abandoned, beaten, abused 
to the point that Paul was as he was writing this letter to the church of Philippi. He was in prison. So think about this. A man in prison is penning this letter and he's saying, repeat the sound of joy in your heart every single day. Rejoice always. Again, I say rejoice. Let your reasonableness be made known to some people. Is that what it says? What's it say? This is a side note. This is free and I'm going to keep rolling. I think we should take this verse to heart, everybody that has social media. Let your reasonableness, reasonableness, reasonableness be made known to everybody. And then find somebody that you can throw up on. Most people, I'm just going to keep going, but I'm going to stick Amen. Most people find reasonableness with somebody and unreasonableness with everybody. Do y'all know what I'm talking about? We let everybody know I got 99 problems and Facebook is one. Like, I, I'm going to let everybody know my troubles. And we put off this aroma of woe is me, I'm a victim. And he said, no, no, no. Let your reasonableness, reasonableness be made known to everybody. That does not mean that you won't face problems. And it doesn't mean that you shouldn't have somebody that you can express them to. But if every time I see you, more importantly, if every time I see a status or a conversation and it's always, ah, I think this is the big one. Like, it's always bad. You know what I mean? <laughs> then I'm not letting my reasonableness be made known. And it's because I'm not rejoicing in the Lord. I'm rejoicing in those things that are silly at the beginning of the message. And he says, see, the reason is because the Lord is at hand. Don't be anxious. Everybody say anxious. Don't let anything separate you from being whole in the Lord being complete about anything but in everything in prayer and supplication this word means to ask over and over and over he says so but in everything in prayer and supplication with thanksgiving in our hearts now think about that sometimes we ask but we tell the Lord amen I've been asking hashtag you asked for it I've been asking like what's going on but we don't have thanksgiving in our heart and here's the reason that I believe it's the why. It's because we know the Lord can do it in you. And we believe the Lord can do it in them. But we don't believe the Lord has done it in me. We don't believe that his finished work on the cross is really for me. We believe that salvation is for me, maybe some of us. But we don't believe that all of these things, I can be thankful because what I'm asking in agreement with some of you guys, that it's done. It's a finished work. And it may not be in my time, but it's finished. And it's done. Now, that's good, everybody. I need somebody to talk to me if y'all are with me in this place. Let my reasonable, excuse me, that hard, that word is, I'm struggling, y'all. Come on. Let it be made known to everybody in my thanksgiving. Let your request be made known to God and the peace. Everybody say peace. Did anybody come in here today hoping to find some peace in their lives? It says the peace of God which passes or surpasses all understanding guards my heart and guards my mind. So many times I put these walls up in my life hoping that I won't have any difficulty or I can get through the next day or God, I got the next week and if I can just get through that and, and I got then this thing and I got this deadline and I got all these things in my life and I, if I can just get through them and he's like, listen, present them to God and then let him guard your heart and minds. And that's what we miss out on so often. I need y'all to get this. 
If y'all are going to get anything in this message right now, I need you to start locking in with me. Most of us say things like this. If I could just have this removed from my life, if I just had a different this, if I just had a different that, if I just didn't have to deal with this, if my dad just wasn't in the picture, if my ex wasn't in the picture, if my job was different, fill in the blank, whatever it is for you, then I would not have these problems. Listen, you can cut that out and change whatever it is that you wish you could change, but that does not mean you're healed. You can cut it out, but it doesn't mean that you're healed. Something has to happen. Let me give you an example. So I said that I like to play golf earlier, and sometimes, <laughs> praise the Lord, it's a source of stress. That laugh was too good. And so last year, I'm decent. I'm not great, but I'm decent at golf. And last year, I got to struggling at golf, and I was like, what is the I can't, like, turn and move and finish. And I thought I was just being a wuss because I had a little bit of elbow pain. And I was like, I ain't worried about that. And then I had trouble. I couldn't shoot. I couldn't throw. And I was like, what have I done, old man? Like, what's happened, right? And so I had an MRI done, and I had broken the bone off in my elbow. So there's a piece of bone just floating around in there. And then the, the triceps tendon, which is right here, it detached and rolled up in my arm. And so when I was swinging, I was like, what's the problem? And <laughs> we had some problems, everybody. <laughs> So I had that surgery. Y'all remember how sexy the sling was, right? Come on. And some of y'all didn't. Everybody else is going, what is he talking about? It's weird. I'm just going to hold it here until everybody knows what I'm talking about. I had a decision to make when that surgery took place. Am I going to know that, that the problem, the bone was taken out that was just floating around in there, and then they reattached the tendon, and I'm thinking everything's good now, or am I going to make something happen about this situation? Because if I had just stayed put and not gone to my physical therapy, I would not have a detached tendon in my arm, but I would not be able to swing a golf club and throw a ball today because for the last eight weeks I have busted my rear end and I've gone to PT twice a week. And today, guess what? Yesterday I played golf with my daughter. Thank you, Jesus. Woo! I'm not going to tell you the score because we're not celebrating that part. We're just celebrating that I can. Because I didn't just think that if I cut something out and put something back together that all, everything was fixed. God is the one that puts us back together, but then it comes to you. Are you just going to say, God, if you'll rub, I'm going to rub the genie lamp, and if you'll just, everything's going to be good. He's waiting for you to take your step. And to say, God, I trust you, but now I'm going to walk with you because you've called me to something far greater than my eyes can currently see. All I see is this stuff. But I'm ready to shift that. Y'all, we have to shift the blame. Because for so many of us, what we see is what we think is the final piece. What we see is what we think is the end. And we begin to blame and blame and blame and anger rises up. If anybody knows what I'm talking about, I need someone to talk to me in this place. We start telling things and getting mad at. But what if? What if? The thing that you're so frustrated with in your life is actually the thing that gives you your destiny. What if the place that you wish could be cut out is actually the place that God intends for you to be because he's got something far greater? I'm about to preach in this place, y'all. Woo-hoo. Y'all just watch this black paint because it's fixing to come down off the walls. <laughs> Let me just show you what the half-brother of Jesus said. He said, count it all joy, brothers and sisters, when you meet trials of all kinds of, 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 of ways and, and various kinds. Like, like, count it joy. 
pump, pump, pump those brakes just for a second. So Paul's already told us to repeat that joy. And now, now James, who's the half-brother of Jesus, who was eventually killed for his faith, just like Peter and just like Paul and just like all these guys, they were, they were killed and martyred, murdered for following Jesus. They're talking about joy again. He said, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. That word is like perseverance. It causes you to be able to continue to keep on walking. Even when you don't believe that you can, you can keep on walking. And steadfastness, when it has its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete. Everybody say perfect and complete. That I may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. He's like, listen. I know that, that you look at that thing, that whatever that took place in your life, that, that, that thing that causes so much stress and anxiety, and I, and I wonder just, how can I deal with this, Pastor? I'm just so overwhelmed in my life. How can I deal with it? I don't know what to do. He's like, you got to shift the blame and start praising God because I wouldn't be who I am today were it not for those things that I wish had never taken place. Come on, somebody in this place. I love this. I just think this is cool. I think God is pretty cool and good at what he does. Can I just tell y'all that? That word perfect and complete means to be made whole again. So the enemy's goal, now listen, is to rip me out of my destiny and what God has called me to be. And he loves it, and he sits there with his mad scientist laugh, I'm sure, and goes, yes, they're, they're falling apart. I'm ripping them apart. They will never reach what I've intended them to be. <laughs> And you know God is just looking down going, bro, you just think that you're good. But I'm everywhere at all times, and I know everything, and I've already been there, and I've already seen the end, and I know that you think that you got me here, but I know that I got them there, and I know this is the end, and you think it's the end bad, but this is how they get to their end, and it's a better place, and it's far greater than I could ever imagine, and I wish that I could take it out, but it's God getting me to where he wants me to go. Why? Because I would never be whole. If it weren't for those things that I wish had never happened, I would never be made complete. God would never be able to use me. Had the things in my life that I wish had never taken place not taken place. And those things that we look at and we just say, I hate them. I can't stand them. I've begun to say, thank you, Lord. And I begin to thank them. Like you're a little bit weird. I'm just telling you, that's where your destiny comes from. I don't know if it was church growing up. We, we grew up in very different places, and maybe you never even grew up in church. I don't know where it comes from or where this mindset is. Maybe it's the American dream. But for some reason, we get the idea and mentality that we deserve nothing but good. And you know what, as a Christ follower, that's true, but your good is not his good. And that's where we miss the boat. Because your healing can only take place through your hurt. Your pain is the only place that you have true possibilities and true purpose. And if we would ever start naming those hurts purpose and ever start naming those places that we wish someone could take away and just make go away, 
that abuse that you faced as a child that you have been embarrassed about your whole life is actually your purpose and destiny for God to show his great love through you. You don't have to do it for him. He's already done it for you. You just have to do it from him and show the whole world who you are in Christ Jesus. That's what this is all about. And while we're begging God to take them away, he's begging you to just look at him. My goodness, now it's about to get good. This has just been the starter, everybody, because this is the good part. As I was preparing for this, I was just reading through. I've read this passage in Mark chapter 4, and that's where I'm really going to show you today. Because we all face storms in our lives. I've never seen this part, y'all, and it's so good. God is just really cool. Because the Holy Spirit inspired the authors of the Bible to throw these little things in that you can read over and miss so many times. And then one time, the way he works is he just makes them jump off the page and you go, wow. The Bible really is new every morning. It really is alive and active and sharper than a two-edged sword. And I really can make a purpose for my storms. And yes, listen to me, yes, Jesus does call me out on the boat sometimes to go to the other side and knows there's a storm coming and has my purpose and my destiny in mind so that I go through that storm so this can happen. Mark chapter 4, starting in verse 35, it says, On that day, when evening had come, he said to them, this is Jesus talking, Let us go to the other side, and leaving the crowd, they took with them in the boat, just as he was. So Jesus was with them in the boat, and other boats were with him. And a great windstorm arose, and the waves we're breaking into the boat. Can y'all just picture what I asked you to do at the beginning of the message and think about the place in your life that you wish could be removed. Think about the difficulties in your life that are overwhelming you, that, that have you up to here and you don't know how to pay those bills and, and you don't know where it's going to come from and you don't know where you're going to go and you think, God, if you don't rescue me right now, I don't know where I'm going to turn and I'm so overwhelmed with this anxiety because I have to do this and this and this and this and this and this. We understand. But I just want you to take yourself there, and instead of waves, I just want you to put that name in there. So that the boat was already filling up. Can y'all picture this? They're on a boat that was about the size of me to the end of the stage, and it was not very big. And it says that there were 12 of them on the boat, but Jesus was in the stern, and he made the 13th. Can y'all just picture it like down in the bottom in this small boat? Was Jesus just chilling? It's a horrible thunderstorm on a big lake. And there's waves coming in and they're overwhelmed. And they're taking on water like we do and they're throwing it off. I got to fix this problem. I got to fix this problem. And they woke him and said, Jesus, teacher, don't you even care? Has anybody in here said that to Jesus lately? Maybe I'm the only one. Do you not even care that we're perishing like we're dying here, Jesus? And Jesus woke up, this is so good, and rebuked the wind and the sea and said, what's this word? Peace. Be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. I've read this passage dozens of times since I started preparing this message, and I thought to myself, I'd love a great calm in my life. Would anybody else? I'd love a great calm in my life, Jesus. And Jesus said to them, why are you so afraid? Have you still 
no faith. And they were filled with great fear and said to one another, we knew he was Jesus, but who is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? This is the part that I love so much and that I've missed so many times. And I want to read it to you in just a second, but I want you to consider this as I get to that part. So many of us in our situations, in our problems, in our circumstances, we yell out, God, where are you? And he's right there asleep. So many of us yell out, God, where are you? And he's right beside you always and inside you always. And, and it's because we want to put God in our human boxes, in our American dream boxes, in the way that we think that he should be. And we think, God, if you don't do it my way, then it's not the right way. And you are robbing yourself of your destiny because you're not letting God be God and you be you. I am not the point. I will never be the point. He's the point and he wants to show the world that he's the way. But there's a bigger thing that we miss, y'all. And this is the thing that we miss. And when they were leaving and Jesus was sending them out to face that storm, they took with them in the boat Jesus, just as he was. And I need y'all to say the line in gold. Never considered this part of the story. Some of y'all are facing things today that are so overwhelming that if I knew the whole truth, I would cry with you right where you sit. And I would want to fix it right away. But I need you to know that other boats are with you. <clears throat> and I need, <clears throat> I need you to know that if we would ever just look to Jesus, that something would shift in our lives that would be far bigger than just my problems go away. Because we've missed the point, y'all. And whatever, for whatever reason or whatever purpose, we've always thought that if I just shift my mindset, maybe my problems will go away. I don't shift my mindset so my problems go away. I shift my mindset so I can put the blame where the blame belongs in the devil. I can put the blame where the blame belongs in the past. I can put the blame where the blame belongs and then say, thank you, Jesus, for all these things. Because not only are you going to provide me peace, but when they receive their peace, guess who else got a peace from the storm? Guess who else got a calm as they were sitting there and they were taking all waves too. And you know that they weren't thinking about maybe Jesus is in that boat and maybe he's going to fix it. Everybody else was facing the same storm. But the minute they turned to Jesus, all those other boats, no matter how many it was, I don't even care. All those other boats got their peace when they got their peace. And this is what I want you to know. You've been putting a name on your stress, but I'm putting a name that's higher on your stress today, and his name is Jesus. And if we would ever look at what he actually wants to do in your life, we would begin to embrace the storm and say, Jesus, I don't know why this is happening. Guys, guys i got to be honest with you. I don't know why. If anybody ever asked me, why is this taking place? I'm not going to be able to give you an exact why, but I know this. He knows, and he's working it for your good. You say, yeah, but, but there's no way in this case he's working it for your good. I'm here to tell you that there's other boats that are with you, and he's working it for your good. 
and he's working it for their good. And he's working it for kingdom's sake. And he's waiting on a people that will look and say, no longer will I be, will I be named by what I was in the past or what people think of me or all these other things. But I'm going to start putting a name on this, and his name is Jesus. And I'm going to be his ambassador. I'm going to show the world that Jesus is the only way, the only truth, and the only life. And the only way to have life is in his name. Because this is what Jesus promised us, y'all. This is what Jesus promised us one more time. I love this verse. I use it all the time because it's so true in this life. We'll face tribulation, but we can't skip the beginning of it. I've said these things to you that I've said so that you, so that in me, everybody say in me. That's in Jesus. You may have peace. You may have peace. Because in the world, you will have, not you might, not one day, someday, maybe, you will have, if you're in Christ, you will have tribulation. You will have difficulty. You will have stuff that's so overwhelming you don't know where to turn. Don't ever let someone lie to you and say, God will never give you more than than you can handle. God promises us more than we can handle, but also promises us that it will get us to where he wants us to go. The other side is never without difficulty. When God wants to promote you, he always takes you through the storm. I've never seen someone promoted in the faith without facing difficulty and pain. But this is the best part. But take heart, I've overcome the world. Take heart, I've already won. Take heart, I already defeated death, hell, and the grave. Take heart, I've already won. And the the worst thing that happens to Mark Pangle is that he dies. For me to live is Christ, but to die is gain. I'm going home. This is not my home. And we've got to start shifting our mentality where, where we don't look at the local stuff going on and say, this is what I am, but we look to heaven. And we say, that is my home, and that is my destiny, and that is my purpose. And in everything that I do, I'm going to show the world that Jesus is the way. And guess what? When I do, other boats are going to find peace. And not through a pastor, not through a good word, not through amazing worship, and all of those things are possible, but through him who strengthens us and through your story and your life and your pain. That's how God chooses to do it. So many of us have begged God, God, take away all this hurt. And we got to shift that and say, God, give me purpose through my hurt. Because it's not an absence of storms in our lives that are promised. They're promised that there will be storms. It's not an absence of storms, but the addition of peace that makes you whole again. Last week, we closed with this thought. In him who created all things and is before all things, He holds all things together, and he makes all things new. Jesus is the only chance that you'll ever have to be able to look at your stress and look at your anxiety and put a name and a purpose on it. My destiny is there for me to be a kingdom citizen, to walk with an authority that doesn't come from a man but comes from God. But if I want to be free of stress and pain and difficulty... I will allow what man intends for evil to work. But what man intended for evil, God intended for your good. And he's working all of those things out for your good. 
and he will make you whole again. And for some of you, this is the purpose of that today. You need to say, Jesus, I don't understand how this happens and I don't understand how this works. And I'm very far from you today and I feel like you're nowhere around. But if you're sleeping, I'm sleeping. If you're walking, I'm walking. Where you go, I'll go. I'm yours. Y'all think about him in the garden again. Take this cup from me, but not my will, but your will be done. Instead of Jesus running, when the greatest storm any human being has ever faced was on his shoulders, because every one of your names was on his shoulders, every one of your thoughts, every one of your hurts, he carried the weight of the world on his shoulders. But he put a purpose on it. Lord, help me. I just can't understand this because his purpose was me and his purpose was you and his purpose was to fulfill his destiny which is to take on sin, death, and the grave so that I wouldn't have to and so that I could have life in his name and I could be called a child of the Most High and I could scream out, Abba, Father, anytime that I have a difficulty not so that he takes it away but so that he purposes in my heart to walk with him and so that other boats find peace through me. Because it's ultimately through him that gives me strength. And I don't do it for him, and I don't do it for you. I do it from his love. And that is what salvation is. By calling on the name of the Lord, you will be saved. But he doesn't stop you there. He walks with you every day to get you as a kingdom citizen, as the royal priesthood of Jesus Christ, to show the world that Jesus is the way. And so that we begin to be the fragrance of Jesus. And others begin to find peace through the body of Christ. That's why I have purpose, y'all. That's why I'm here. And here's what I want to know. Are you a follower of Jesus? Because it's as simple as this. It's not what you do. It's not where you've been. It's not all the awful things you've done. What separates people from God for eternity is rejecting the truth of Jesus, that you'll never do good enough because he's already done all the good that's ever needed. And he paid the price for your sin, and he wants to have a relationship out of love with you every day. And I just believe in this room that some people are going to find the beginning of their destiny through a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Will you pray with me? Jesus, in this place right now, just move. If that's you, and you know that you've never truly met Jesus, and he is not your Savior and Lord, but today is the first day of the rest of your life, I just want you to throw your hand up, say, Pastor, that's me, I need to be saved. Come on, throw your hands up all over the room if that's you. Come on, who else? Throw your hands up all over the room and say, that's me, Pastor. That's me. That's me. That's me. That's me. I need to know this. We're about to sing one of my favorite songs called The Place of Freedom. And I just want to know in this room, has anybody walked in here full of chains and full of bondage, but you're ready to walk out and put a purpose and a name on all those things that you've had? And you're ready to find your place of freedom because it's not in a house of worship. It's in a man named Jesus who came and took on sin and death and he's sitting on the right hand of God today. You may be saved, but you may be in such bondage that you have no freedom in your life. If that's you, I just want you to throw your hand up, say, Pastor, that's me. Thank you all over the room, Lord. You know our hearts. And now we're just going to lift our hands and sing. We love you, Jesus. And we're so thankful for your freedom in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen.